What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show. Now, before we go ahead and get started, I want to go ahead and tell you guys about Disrupt Week. Now, Disrupt Week is an amazing, amazing event. It's a week-long, yes, you heard me right, a week-long networking entrepreneurship-based event in San Juan, Puerto Rico. My God, you want to go network with somebody? Go network in paradise. Network in San Juan, Puerto Rico. From October 19th to October 26th, Disrupt and Build Your Empire are hosting this event, Disrupt Week, to help bring 50-plus speakers and 500-plus attendees together to network and make the world a better place. Now, if you want to come to this event and listen from speakers like Anthony Delgado, Chris Delgado, <clears throat> Casey Adams, John Malott, Alex Quinn... Uh, Sam Bakhtiar, Stephen Campolo, the list goes on and on and on and on. If you want to hear from people like this, go ahead and hit me up in my DMs on Instagram at Chase underscore Henderfit. Let's go to Puerto Rico, baby. Let's make it happen. Now, that's it for that. Let's continue on with the show. Welcome to the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show, where we speak with elite individuals and top performers and sing what it takes to stay healthy and get wealthy. Are you ready to be elite? Are you ready to be part of the 1%? Well, then without further ado, let's get it. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show. Today, we have an amazing guest. He is the man behind the Elite Presenter Academy, the number one platform for your zero to two speakers and presenters. He's trained 1,063 plus students on all major platforms in the last three years. Not only that, but he's an influential speaker, catering to mo- catering motivational messages, business strategies, and personal growth techniques to 105,000 plus people throughout the world. And not only that, he's the host of The Progression Show, a YouTube video series showing how the successful came from rags to riches and the time frame it took them and what they all have in common to give viewers an opportunity to duplicate. It is the man not the myth, because he's here today, the legend, Mr. Andy all day. Andy, how you doing, man? Yeah. Chase, man, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm super duper excited to be a part of your show, man. What you're bringing to your audience is by far ridiculously powerful in value, and it's an opportunity for them to really take their life to the next level, man. I acknowledge you, Chase, for putting the work that you're doing and being on top of your game, man. You must have texted me like 11 times to make sure I was on the show. So the work that you put in to really have your, your, your influencers and your, your knowledge givers on your show is by far amazing. I, it's not an easy thing to have a show like this. And my man, you put in that work. Thank you so much for having me here. Man. Hey, man, I appreciate that. I'm, just, I'm doing it for the people. I got to make sure I give as much value to the listeners as I can. And to make that happen, I got to make, make it happen to get the speakers on the show. So without further ado, for anybody who doesn't know already the amazing things that you do, uh, why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit about who you are and what got you to where you are today? Right, right. Yeah, so I am I'm originally all from, from the West Coast, I mean from the East Coast. I was raised in an impoverished area in the smallest city, in the smallest state. And so it's like, I'm talking about like a square mile. Like you can run the whole entire, or around the whole entire thing and it'll be a mile. You can run the whole entire city. and. And putting that many people was a lot of people in one city. You're going to end up dealing with the problems of being part of that impoverished environment. So growing up there, I was involved in drugs, alcohol, uh, sex at a young age, and learned the do's and the don'ts of the street life. And I recognized that it wasn't for me. I didn't want to do that. My, my parents raised me in a way that recognized, like, dude, you're going to go to jail if you keep on acting up. At 19, someone who believed in me suggested that I open up a cell phone store. And he looked at me as we were leaving the gym. He said, dude, I believe in you so much. 
open up your own cell phone location because I was a manager working at Metro PCS at the time. Shortly thereafter, I opened up my first location. I made a hundred grand the first six months. A year later, a year and a half later, I made my first million. Now being in that type of environment, generate that type of income, there's envy that comes and people that, doesn't want, that don't want to see me do well. Plus, I felt that I was living below my potential. So I decided to move to California to live my potential and to grow as a, to grow in my business, to grow in my ventures. Well, I was, in, I was running in downtown Los Angeles one day after closing my cell phone stores. I was running in downtown Los Angeles and I started to think about my next venture. And that's when I decided that I wanted to be a speaker and I wanted to share my, info, my, my experience, my knowledge to other people. And I wanted to show them really, hey, here's how to at least amount the success that I have. Not only that, let me give you words of wisdom and motivational advice. So I became a speaker. I traveled this country with Les Brown, the motivational speaker, and learning wow. from him and his president. And I'm 21 on the, on the road learning how to be a speaker. Uh, the only challenge was I didn't know how to make money as a speaker. I learned, I learned how to present as a speaker. So I wanted to learn how to make the money because I came from the cell phone business, making money. Now I'm speaking and not generating the money that I used to make. So I needed to crack that code. So I cracked that code of how to make, it took me a couple of years, cracked the code, and now I teach other people how to make money as a presenter on stage and as well as how to monetize your voice. Literally, if I tell you something, your words, the same way that your time has money, your words have money as well. That's powerful. How, how, would, um, how do your words have money? Do you mind explaining that a little bit? Yeah, you want to monetize your story. You want to monetize that your specialized knowledge. See, Chase, you have something that no one else has. You have experiences that no one else has. And there are people that are in front of you, no matter what age group. Prior to this interview, I was talking to a man who was 73 years old who's joining my program, my speaker training program, which I teach people how to make hundreds of thousands of dollars as a speaker. So this guy is 73, and he has way more experience than I do. He has kids older than me. And, but there's knowledge that I have that he's going to learn from me. And of course my business grows because I get to teach him that knowledge. So this information that you have chases the viewer that you're listening to this information that you have that you can actually teach other people and other people would be willing to pay for that. That's perfect. I mean, you can get paid for your expertise and for your knowledge. Take note, people get good at something and then sell it. Easy. That's an easy formula. But one of the big things is you became a motivational speaker that public speaking is very hard for a lot of people to do. How did you even get into public speaking? How did you get over the initial hump of public speaking? Yeah. So the, the speaking part is very, actually it's, it's pretty easy. I was actually at a bar and and so my friend hit me up and I used to, I was living in downtown Los Angeles. My friend hit me up and he said, Hey man, why don't you come to the bar in Hollywood? So I drive over there, I get to the bar and I'm drinking, I'm drinking some alcohol and I'm having now, now actually I don't drink alcohol, but back then I was, and I was drinking alcohol, eating some wings. And a woman turns to me and she shares with me that she was pretty much a teacher. And she asked me, what do I do? I at that moment, I have never spoken on stage before. I've never presented in front of an audience, but I told her, I said, I'm a motivational speaker. I declared it right then and there. And she said, you're a motivational speaker. Why don't you come speak to my audience, my school, and my students? And I said, really? Right then and there, I call a camera guy. I'm like, I'm a speaker. <laughs> I wasn't making money from speaking. So now, so the easy part is, is speaking. The hard part is making money on speaking. Right, right. 
So um, when it came to developing your speaking skills, you also mentioned that you had worked with Les Brown. How did that happen? That's wild. Cause he's one, yeah. he's, I mean, he's like top tier, like the guy for motivational speaking. How did you get into that? Yeah, great, great, great question. So how I started in that is you got to declare what it is that you want, first and foremost. If you don't declare what it is that you want, you're going to be walking around the United States, the world, and life aimlessly. So you have to have, be clear on your next goal. Now, I was 21. I'm not telling you that you got to be clear on what the next 50 years look like. I'm talking about what is that you're currently working on right now. It could be, I'm working on this by the end of this week. It could be, I'm working on this by the end of this year. I'm working on this goal by the end of the next five years. Whatever it is, you gotta have a specific target. So I know that the first thing I wanted to do was what happened was I was running in downtown Los Angeles. I was running, I was a little bit chubbier. And right now I'm sexy as hell, but I was a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit chubbier and I wanted to lose a little bit of weight. And so I started running on the busiest street in downtown LA, which is Figueroa Street. I'm running down the street and, and I'm listening to Ace Hood. Ace Hood is a rapper, so I'm listening to rap music and I'm running 22 minutes per mile. And that's not really that good, man. Old ladies are, running, are walking past me, looking at me like, what is he doing? Is he jogging and running in place? Like, what is he doing? <laughs> so I knew I had to get better. So instead of listening to rap music, I switched it off and I started listening to motivational. Les Brown, Tony Robbins, Eric Thomas, and, and alike. And while I was on the run, I heard a story of Les Brown speaking, and I had a vision right then and there that I was going to be a speaker. So I'm a person that if I have a vision, I want to make it true as soon as possible. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait 50 years. I don't want to wait 10 years. I don't want to wait five days. I want to right now. Okay. And so as soon as I get back home, I go on Facebook, and I, I mean, I go online on Google, and I type in how to become a motivational speaker. I'm seeing all these ads pop up. I'm seeing a lot of content. But Les Brown triggered that for me. So I typed in how to become a motivational speaker, Les Brown. Next thing you know, a certain ad keeps popping up on my Facebook. It just keeps tracking me. You ever had that happen to you? Like, oh, all the time, yeah. It starts tracking me. And back then, I didn't know about targeted marketing, but now I do. But back then, I, didn't, it just, I thought it was serendipity. I thought it was God telling me, like, yo, you become a speaker. So right. I type, I click the link, then I get, I click the link, I fill in my information, I get a phone call from a salesperson from the Les Brown Institute. They call me, they're telling me, hey, this is how much it costs. It costs five grand for the program, and do you want to become a speaker? Commit right now and let's go all in. At that time, I'm going back and forth with myself. Remember, take action fast, T-A-F, take action fast. I have clients, currently or prospects that I speak to that take action slow and their dreams get fulfilled if it does over the course of 20 years, 30 years, 50 years. And they never live up to the, their potential because they're taking action slow. Remember I made a comment that I don't wanna wait 20 years, five years, I don't wanna wait five days. I wanna take action fast. So I took action as fast as possible. Although I was fearful as hell, I was scared. So the person tells me that the, the, the deal is five grand, become a speaker, you're gonna learn how to become a speaker. You're gonna learn the content. You're gonna get receive content so you can speak to actual companies. And I was like dumbfounded at the price because the competition that I was looking at, the other people that I was looking at, was $197 a month for three months or something of that nature. So I'm oh, looking wow. at five grand. I'm looking at 197 bucks a month for three months. So two, four, six. That's 600 bucks. 605 grand. I'm like, uh, I never invested financially into myself into a program before. That was the first time. And this was all new, online course, that's all new to me. 
So I'm in front of my laptop talking to the salesperson. The salesperson eventually convinces me because he showed me of myself, of investing highly into myself. If you have, if there is something that's only 200 bucks, you know, 200 bucks, there's 200 bucks for a reason. If you have something, any program over the price point of $2,000 will likely change your life. It's more than just the fact that the producer chose that price. Two grand, anything over 2,000, 2,500 will likely change your life. So the person says five grand, I invested that, that, that uh, income. And the person says, you know, at the, at the time, the person gave me an opportunity. He told me, why don't you come down to Miami? At the time, I wasn't flying. I, flying was a foreign thing. Get on a plane. Man, I would have to prepare like three months mentally before I got on a flight. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and because I come from an impoverished area, man, I'm talking about the fucking hood. I come from, from somewhere that's not common to get on a plane. Where are you going? The, right. the city is a, a mile long. You know, so, so getting on a plane was foreign, but the guy showed me my vision. I had to decide what my vision was in the future. My vision that I wanted to chase, my vision that I wanted was I wanted to fly. I wanted to be able to get on plane and for work. That was a life that I wanted to live. And I knew it was possible, but I had to make a decision, yes or no. And that's where a lot of people get stuck at, is right there. Is at that yes or no point in the beginning. Yes, I want to invest in myself or no, not now. And when you make that decision of no, not now, what that does to you, it, it, that, that decision right there of no, not now, could set you back five, 10, 15 years. Let me show you why. I got a crazy story that, that literally revolutionized my life, not only my life, but hundreds of thousands, therefore, after the follow. It's right where I made that decision to invest in myself and get on a flight and do something different. Had I not invested in myself, Chase, we wouldn't be doing this interview. I'd probably have to be doing a regular job and so on and so forth. When I made that decision to invest into myself, that large investment into myself, and I got on a plane to go to Miami, ironically, after I landed, I went to go visit Les Brown Institute. Now, Les Brown would come there maybe four times a year. It's not a common occurrence that Les is in town and and in Miami because he lives in Ohio. That day, he happened to have a speaking presentation in Miami. And that the same day that I'm there, ironically, by the grace of God, somehow, some way, after I met everyone at the office, as I was leaving, Les Brown walks in. I'm literally crossing paths with him. And he stops and looks at me and he says, you touched my face. He says, young man, you look like me when I was younger. And I was like, Les, your voice, it sounds like YouTube. <laughs> and, and he's tripping it and, and he leaves. Then I overheard him say that he was going on tour. And I, after I heard that opportunity, see, I took it as an opportunity. It was more than just, oh, he's going on tour. That's great for you. I took it as an opportunity to be alongside. So I went to the president. I said, give me a chance to be on that tour. They laughed at me and said, you're 21 years old. You're naive. You have no experience. <laughs> I need you to get out of my office. You're one out of 500 students that all of you guys want to go on tour. And I said, but I'm different. I'm not, one, I'm not just a number out of the 500 students. I'm different. I'm, I got to be on that tour. So I went back the next day to the president. I said, give me an opportunity to be part of that tour. 
and he laughed at me again. He said, "Yeah, this guy keeps coming back. Man. I don't, I don't, I don't know. This guy is 21. This guy." I said, "Eric, you don't understand. My mom, her wrist hurts because she's a dental hygienist. She's been working for the last 20 years in people's mouths doing this. Like, and she don't understand, Eric. I gotta become successful because I gotta retire my mom. My brother's in college. You don't understand. I gotta be the one to make sure who's gonna pay the bill. He's 20 years old in college. Who's gonna pay the bill? My dad, right before I left to move to California, he sat me down and said, "You're the man of the." house where you're moving to California because I just got laid off as a medical in the medical field so my dad's laid off my mom her wrist is hurting my brother's in college who else is going to take care of the family I got no choice but to be successful you're not going to lay me down right now as a no I came back the next day hey Eric hey brother give me an opportunity to go on this tour they laughed at me and kicked me out of the office again I said oh fuck then I got back on a plane went to my went to went to back to Los Angeles I'm back in LA now and there's an opportunity where we're all on the line together. On, all the students got on a phone call and the president would speak on the phone call in front of how many hundreds of students that, that were on this call. I said, uh, after there was, they did the training, there's an opportunity to, uh, there's an opportunity to uh, ask questions. So I, I said, I have a question, star six, I asked the question. It says, you are in the queue to ask a question. So my time comes up to ask a question, and I'm in front of all the students. I'm saying, I say on the call, hey, Eric, hey, this is Andy. Hey, man, give me an opportunity to be part of the tour. And then Eric gets on the line and says, hey, man, you know, we'll, we'll discuss that in private. You have been muted. I'm like, damn. Dang. <laughs> hard for my opportunity. I fly back to Miami. I, I go back to his office. I said, give me an opportunity to be part of the tour. They say, you don't stop, do you? I say, I, I can't quit. I have to win at all costs. Whatever it takes, I will win. The president says, all right, man. All right, I get it. You're not going to stop. I'll give you a chance. Why don't you go on tour? I'll, I'll give you a chance to be on tour. We'll put you in a, in a house in Orlando. We'll pay for it. We'll pay for everything. Uh, we'll put you in a house in Orlando. I said, yes, that's all I wanted. It was an opportunity. Listen, by any means, whatever it takes, bandwidth. That's the terminology. Bandwidth. By any means, whatever it takes. Win at all costs for your dreams, for your goal, because someone is dependent on it. Over the last three years, the countless people that I've saved from suicide by them hearing my voice, the hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars that I generated by making a decision to A, show up and show up powerfully, because you gotta recognize something, Chase, the opportunities in the show up. If I did not show up for that opportunity, I would have missed, I would, if I did, first of all, if I decided no, not yet, I would have missed the opportunity to rest where we, we, we crossed paths. So that could have said that if I said no, not yet, one day later, I could have set myself back for 10, 15 years. Where I currently am now, what I've accomplished in the last three years, some people take 15, 25 years to do. I learned specialized knowledge in such a short period of time because I made a decision to take action fast. And that's how I started with that relationship with Lesson and going on tour and learning what I do now. Wow. I mean, wow. Whoa. I'm, I'm sitting here trying to register everything I just heard. That was, I mean, just watching you say all this is like, so there's so much passion. People, if you want to be a speaker, go work with this guy. This is, this is great. That's awesome, man. What made you want to do like this speaking though? Cause I mean the opportunity, and I, I want to come, I want to come back to the opportunities in the show up cause that's huge too. But like, what made you want to do like speaking? What made yeah. you want to touch people's lives? No, no question. I'm glad you asked that. 
when I, when I owned the cell phone stores on the East Coast, I'm 19, I had the cell phone stores. The reason I called that company Progression Wireless was because I realized that I lived in an impoverished area. I didn't know, because you grew up in the hood, that's home, that's all you know. So you think the whole world's like that. But realistically, it's not. So essentially what happened was I believed that my company was going to end up being a filtration system that when people come and work for me, I was going to give them positive influence, positive knowledge, put them around motivational speakers like I did. Well, because they're working for me, they have to listen unless they're not going to get paid. So they're working for me. Then because they're in my environment that once they leave my company, they would have a different mindset. And this is how it's going to change the world. Like this was my idea. Like I'm gonna grow this huge cell phone company and everyone's gonna come through my company. We're gonna have a positive mindset. Everyone's gonna win. Everyone's gonna focus on positivity, listen to personal development. And as people leave me, they're gonna open up their own businesses or whatever. This is how I'm gonna progress the world. So this is why it's called Progression Wireless. Two years into the business, about two years in, I was sitting with one of my, one of my employees who was a manager of a location. And I said, Joe, man, I don't understand, bro. Like, I don't understand like, why people come in and they're not like us where they're willing to go to the next level in their mindset. He said, Andy, you can't change people. You can only help people help themselves. I said, whoa, this dude's fucking, I mean, I'm 21 years old. This dude's like 18, but like, we have such a progressive mentality that when he said that to me, it clicked in me. I can't change people. The only reason that Joe wanted to grow and be a manager and that his, his employees, the people that he was managing was much older than him was because he had a mindset that he wanted to grow. The people that I had in my company, they wanted a paycheck. I, I, didn't, I didn't have a clue. So when I came to California and recognized that I wanted what the next direction I wanted to grow, go was I wanted to be a leader for the people that wanted to change. I can't change every single person. I can't, I'm not going to try to change you, but I'm going to help you change yourself. So I'm hosting seminars and you're speaking in front of an audience. The people that want to change are going to stand up. So instead of me focusing one-on-one -on -one with people, I'll speak to a hundred people. I'll speak to a thousand people. And the people that want to change are going to change, are going to stand up and they're going to have the opportunity to change themselves. And they're the ones that are going to take action. The rest of the audience, it might not be their time or they may make the decision to say no, not yet. That's powerful. That was something I wanted to bring up, but I'm glad you did was that I was going to ask you like, how do you go about doing the motivational speaking to change lives? But I mean, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about that. It's like, that's wild. You, it's, it's hard to, you can't just change somebody if they help them help themselves. That's powerful. That's, yeah. that's it's, wild. It's to help them. It's to help them change their, their life. You know, people, I, I speak to, I speak to thousands of people, like literally thousands of people throughout the year, throughout a, a 12 month time span and in a, in a day I'll speak to a few dozen like in about 30 minutes after I this interview I have, I have uh, more calls that I'm talking to different speakers throughout the nation and some speakers or, or some presenters are willing to take their business and their life to, to a whole higher level of income and of influence they're willing to do that some are not and for the person that has a small mindset that aren't willing to make that change in their life, I can't and I choose not to put my energy to try to change them and say, look, you can do so much better. It's more so I'm just trying to get in touch with the people that say, look, man, I'm ready to change my life, man. And you're an opportunity. You're a vehicle for me to do so. 
Andy Arday is a big, I'm a change agent and people use me. I'm, I'm used all the time. I'm like a prostitute. Like I'm used all the time. <laughs> and people use me to change their life. People use my knowledge to change their, their current level of income. People use my knowledge to change their current level of influence. People use my knowledge to change their life in a progressive manner. So the reason why I call my conference, my seminars, the progression conference, it's used as a filtration system where once people come in, they're gonna leave a totally different person with new techniques, strategies, and ideas that's gonna progress their life at a rapid pace. Remember, TAF, take action fast. I focus and I pride myself on not only taking action fast, but producing quick results. I don't believe God put me on here to, in, in the world to have an idea at 20 and bring it to fruition or try to bring fruition at 55. And the, the, the challenge or the, the sad part is that people don't recognize that they're procrastinating until it's too late. People don't recognize that once they have a dream, they need to take, like God gave you that, act, that dream right then and they have to take action now. I don't believe God would, would tell me to do something and, and it's for me to start taking action in 20 years. It's no, take action as soon as I gave, gave you it. As soon as I give you a meal, eat the food. Don't take the meal and say, you know what, I'm gonna eat it next, I'm gonna eat it tomorrow. Because that tomorrow is gonna turn into a week. That week is gonna turn into a month. Now that meal that was given to you on day one, and you're trying to eat it two months after or a year after, it's expired. It's not gonna taste the same. You're not gonna have the same experience. Take advantage of an opportunity of a lifetime to make change in the lifetime of that opportunity. Take action now on your dreams. If you wait, you're going to miss out on so many opportunities and blessings. That's perfect. And that translates beautifully into what you were saying before is it all comes down to, you know, you got to take action, but it all comes down. The power is in the show up. The opportunity. Is in the show up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people who they, they might hear it, but they don't really fully understand it. Is there a way that you can really exemplify that? Cause I know that's something you really preach at the progression conference as well. Yeah. hundred, hundred percent. Look, in order to receive an opportunity for you to advance, you must do two things. You must show up physically, but not only that, you must show up powerfully. So the people that put you, uh, the people that put you in touch with me is uh, the, the pseudo twins. These, these two young women who were from Seattle, Washington, and they, they, I guess they moved to California and they came to the progression conference. And at the progression conference, they experienced a, an opportunity to shift their life and they took action at a quick pace. I mean, these young girls that are in their early 20s. Now, here's the thing. At the Progression Conference, we nearly had 200 people. Now, I don't know every single person that was at the Progression Conference. A lot of people at the Progression, that's, that's the challenge of being the leader of a seminar, of being a seminar leader, is that everyone, not everyone, but a large percentage of the audience wants my attention somehow, somewhere, whether it's an autograph. And I'm not priding myself on the fact that now I give autographs, but... They may want an autograph, they may want a photo, they may want to ask me a question, or they may want an opportunity to work with me. Now, it's a lot of people at seminars that, that come and try to get my attention. But here's the thing, the pseudo-twins, they took what I said to heed and took action on it, to show up powerfully. They showed up physically, number one, but to show up powerfully. And to show up powerfully is to be seen, to be heard. Out of the 200 people that was at the seminar, there's a large percentage that I don't know their name. I don't know their story. I don't know where they came from. I don't know anything about them. If you want to make a change in the world, you need to be seen, you need to be heard, and you need to be in the front. The pseudo, the pseudo twins did that. 
specifically. They were seen, they were heard, and they were in the front. I remember them because I was on the stage and they're in the front with their phones out, like, boom, Andy, I'm here, Andy. I showed up all the way from Seattle. Like, <laughs> On my, on their, you know, you know, on my last dime to come to the progression conference, they came and they experienced the blessings of showing up powerful. So they received opportunities. Shortly after leaving, leaving my event, leaving my event, there was another event that they had an opportunity to show up to. So they recognized that the opportunity isn't a show up. So you might have heard this, and they then came and gave me the praise report, the the, the testimony of showing up powerful. So I'm talking about these young girls who are in their 20s that are, are I want to say misguided, but figuring out their direction in life, like any 20, 21 year old, 22 year old, 23 year old would, would. They then left my seminar, a couple of days later, they go to another seminar, recognizing that the opportunity is going to show up. This seminar is the kickoff of a tour, Thinking Grow Rich tour. It's a kickoff of a tour. And when you show up to, for an opportunity, you need to be seen, you need to be heard. So they wanted to be part of this tour long term and they wanted to do social media. They wanted to use their social media efforts in this tour. And because they showed up powerfully, they recognized that they had to talk to the leader, the seminar leader. So they went to go talk to the seminar leader and the seminar leader declined to give them an opportunity to be part of this tour where these twin girls go to the leader and say, hey, I love what you're up to. Give us an opportunity to do social media for your tour. You're going to 12 countries, 52 cities. Like, give me an opportunity to be part of this tour. And the seminar leader says, no, very much, probably very much similar to me. You're young, you're naive, you have no experience. No, not a day in hell. But they showed up powerfully. So they continue to be seen, they continue to be heard, and they were persistent with their declaration. They declared that they were gonna be part of this tour. So they showed up to a dinner shortly after. And based on my understanding, they kept on telling the person like, yeah, I wanna be part of this tour and they delivered value to the person by showing their efforts on what they could do off a of phone to on social media. And they gave the, the seminar leader an idea, a vision. Because that per, the, the twins showed up powerfully, when I say powerfully, they were seen, they were heard consistently. The seminar leader had no choice but to say, you know what, we'll put, I'll put you up on tour and I'll pay for your expenses. So now they're traveling all around the country. They are moving to, to Los Angeles from Seattle, Washington, living their dreams, going on tour because they decided to, to A, take action, not slowly, but take action fast. They showed up to the progression conference with an understanding that the opportunities in the show up, they showed up, they were seen, they were heard, and because of that, now they're receiving the blessings and the rewards of showing up powerfully. So when I say that the opportunity is in the show up, you can't sit back and say, I'm blessed, I'm gonna receive an opportunity. You gotta, you gotta sit back and actually take action. So sit back maybe not be the best word, but you must take action and take action fast and show up and show up powerfully, you will receive an opportunity to win if you follow this formula. I think that's perfect what you just said, is that a lot of people, they, they sit there, they're like, I'm blessed, and then they wait for the opportunity to come. The way I see it, you know, just kind of building off what you said, I can sit back and say, hey, I'm blessed, there's an opportunity there, and I'm gonna go get it. And that's the way people need to be going for it. They need to go and take action. They need to go onto their goals and make something happen. Too many people sit behind and wait because they're scared. How do you get over that mental block of being scared? Because I know there's a lot of people who want to take action, but there's that little piece in their head that's like, I don't know. How do you get over that? Yeah, you're going to die. Bang. You're going you're to you're you're die. Like, like, I know people that 
should be alive, but they're dead. They're in their early, they were in their early 20s and they died. I know people that were in their early 20s or even like by 18, 19, they're in prison for the next 75, 80 years of their life. Look, you're going to fucking die. At some point, you will die. So if, you know, the reason fear is in our brain is because it's a, mecha uh, a mechanism to allow us to survive. So when you have this fear, now we're not, we're no longer running away from lions and cheetahs like how we did in the primal days, but now we're scared of taking action on our dreams because we don't know what's on the other side. There's a story that Les Brown shared one time where the, a man was captured, the, the army, the general army captured a man and this man, the general of this army told this man who was held in captive, hey, you have two choices, to get shot by the firing squad that, the, that, that a row of men are gonna shoot at you or go through that door. Now, to be shot by the firing squad is known. You know it's gonna happen, you're gonna die. Now, the man asked the general, what's behind that door? And the man, the general said, unknown fears and horrors. And the man that was held captive said, you know what, just give me the, just give me the firing squad because I know it's gonna happen. The man took the firing squad, got shot. One of the soldiers who was a woman went up to the general in the army and said, what, what's behind that door? And the general said, freedom. Freedom is behind that door. But he decided to choose the firing squad because he knew. Because he didn't know what was on the other side of the door, he, he didn't take action on the door. So many people are scared to take action on their life because of the unknown. But you, you don't know if the unknown is actually going to be more beneficial than your, more beneficial than your current situation. So some people would rather stay comfortable in their current situation because they know how to handle it. They know how to handle stress. They know how to handle uh, being broke. They know what to do when the car don't work and they got to jiggle the they got to jiggle the key. <laughs> they know exactly who to go to when the when the tire keeps popping every single week. They know exactly who to go to when they need a loan every single weekend. They know exactly what club to go to. You know, so they're comfortable. It's when there's an opportunity. You know, there's so many times, man, that uh, I, I get on the phone with someone and I talk to them, you know, on day one. And I say, hey, let's, let's work together. Let's, let's take action on your goals and on your dreams. Let's make the income that you're going to make for your life. And they tell me, no, not yet. I'll wait. Then 12 months pass and I get on a call with them again. And they say, Andy, I'm ready. I'm like, well, what, like what happened in the last 12 months? Man, I just went down and down and down. And they have to hit a point of rock bottom in order to make change. I'm inviting people to not necessarily have to hit the point of rock bottom to make a change. Make a change now. Don't wait for your mom to die to build a relationship with her. Don't wait for, to, to say, I wish I had a relationship. Don't wait for your, your, your job to fire you to go and start living your entrepreneurial dreams. Don't wait for your job to fire you. Stop it now. Don't wait for, 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 uh, for you to lose your job and to, to lose your kids, for you to start saying, I have a testimony, I need to make a change in my life. Take action now, and when that situation happens, that's when you're prepared, you know. Um, you know, there are people who waited, like they, didn't, they never wanted to change their income, for example, and, and they were comfortable living paycheck to paycheck. And it's when something bad happened, like the parents had breast cancer, like the mom had breast cancer or the, someone died. That's when they say, you know what, I got to change my finances to a point where I can, I can pay for the medical bills. That, at that point, it's too late. Take action now 
So that way in the future, you're prepared for anything. Once you recognize that fear, like when you compare fear to your death, dude, there is no transaction I'm too, give me a billion dollar transaction and lose it and go bankrupt. That's, there's nothing like that compared to death. Cause once you die, it's all ended. Take advantage of the opportunity of life now and experience what life can give you. At some point you will die. Once you understand that you will die and death is inevitable, anything that you do now, anything that you do now compared to death, if you compare it to death and death is worse, fucking take action. Hell yeah. That's powerful. Good stuff. I love the way you explained in that way. And one of the biggest things too, to add on to that is that, you know, when I say this kind of stuff to people, it's, do you want to regret not doing something or do you want to regret doing something? Because if you regret doing something, hey, at least you did something. You lived. You took a chance on yourself. You said that you regret not doing something. There's a bunch of what ifs. And those hurts the worst. I mean, if you go and speak to, like, because I've spoken to a couple people, um, just like older age individuals, because I grew up in like an older uh, town. Like, it's just a lot of older people. And you ask them, like, oh, what did you do? Like, what, what's one of the biggest regrets you had? It's like, oh, I didn't do this. Or, oh, I didn't make this business. Or, oh, I didn't pursue this passion. And it's like, that's the worst feeling. I would much rather regret doing something than regret not doing something. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, man. You know, I, I wonder where my life, I pride myself on taking action. I think that's why, you know, at 24, I'm able to say that the, the amount of money, the amount of lives, the amount of people I've affected throughout the years um, is because I take action and, and I wonder, my, my entrepreneurial journey really started at 19, so literally five years ago. Um, my, my legitimate, before that, it was drug selling and, and lemonade stands and yard sales but, and, and eBay. But it, the legitimate with employees with large, large revenue was at 19. And I wonder, if had I not taken action that time, where would I be? You know, would I have still had that nine to five job? Would I, would I still um, be thinking small? Because I've taken action, I got around people who thought bigger than me. I started seeing what was possible for my life. And, you know, I'm confident to say, hey, I'm going to be in Forbes uh, 30 under 30 by the age of 29. You know, my wife will never have to work a day in her life. My mom, I'm retiring both my parents and giving them $120,000 a year stipend. And would I have to... Would I, would I have been able to accomplish this working a nine to five? I highly doubt it. I don't know any nine to five that with, with my college dropoutness, you know, with the fact that I, I, you know, I, I've written books and I'm, writing, I'm currently writing a new one right now with no college degree, with just, a, just the ability to take action in a short period of time and get around people who are much smarter than me. Would I be able to accomplish this? I think not. And I'd rather regret making a wrong business move than not taking action at all. At all. Right. I agree 100%. Because if you're not taking action, you're probably going down that nine to five path. You know, just because you, you need that paycheck, you're, you're reacting to life instead of being proactive with it. And then that's where you die early. That's where the Benjamin Franklin quote comes in. People die twice in their life. Once when they're 25 and then once when they're old, like 70, 80, 90. Once they hit the graveyard. Yeah, 100%. That's wild. So um, kind of switching gears just a little bit, we're going to go more into the like business side of speaking. So you had mentioned to me before that speaking is vital. 
when it comes to your success. Why is that? Yeah, because, wait, repeat the question. Yeah, so we had talked a little bit before and you were talking about, um, you know, how important speaking is as part of your career and how it's, it's, it's vital when it comes to your success. Speaking is the only way, the only way in a short period of time to financially grow, speaking to large audiences. It's when you speak to, when you're speaking that one-on-one, you're wasting a lot of time. So if anyone is selling a product or a service to grow a business, if you're selling a product or a service, you have two ways to grow that. Number one, you have to understand that you need to have people on your side. People say, I want to have money, but that's one aspect. The way you're going to get money is from other people. Every transaction is done, when it comes to finances, is done with people. Even the ATM, someone put the ATM there for you. Even if it's automated transaction, someone created the code for that. Okay, so it's always done with people. There's always another person taking a loss or experiencing a win. Now, if you recognize that and you understand that the only way to grow your business is with people, the more people, the merrier. So some people are going to stay small and it's actually a hindrance to your growth if you stay small with the amount of people. So you you know, in order for you to actually be successful in life, you need to have more people more relationship capital, more people in your life, more people in your business. That's the only way you will grow, especially in a short period of time. Look, I don't know where I'm going to die. I might die tomorrow. I might die next week. I might be calling my death for the next five years. I don't know. God only knows. So I want to work with as many people in the shortest period of time. The only way to do that is through speaking. So let's look at time. Time is of the essence. We all have 24 hours in a day. We all have 168 hours in a, a week. So if I want to talk to more people, there's only one, one or two ways I can do that. The way I would talk to a person is a one-on-one. So I can spend an hour talking to you. The most people, if I spend an hour talking to a prospect, a client, a consumer, a person who's going to work with me, if I spend an hour to talk to that person, the most I can physically speak to to is 168 in a week. That's most I can speak. That's if I don't sleep and it's back to back 168 hours out of the whole week. Now that's not really possible because you're gonna need sleep and you're not gonna be able to last long doing that. So equivalently, if for someone who works back to back tirelessly speaking to one person every hour to grow their business in a whole week, the most that they can physically, let's say that they're fucking Superman and they speak to 168 people in a whole week, that's the most. I can do the same effort, the same energy, I mean, the same res- I can produce the same result of talking to 168 people if I'm in, an, in front of an audience of 168 and I can speak to that 168 people in one hour. So who, what would you rather do? Stay up all week long, have 168 different conversations with 168 people, or take one hour and speak to 168 people and share the same content. Hey man, I like my sleep, so I think I like the hour better. <laughs> of course. So what you want to do is you want to talk to more people in shorter time. The only way to do that is through speaking. You want to grow your business, you want to be successful, you got to be a speaker. There is no one on earth that became successful without being a presenter of, of some sort. They either had to present to, in front of a, a public audience or they had to present in front of a private audience, which was like their employees, their team, or so on and so forth. You must be a presenter in order for you to be successful. Steve Jobs, fucking presenter. 
He spoke in front of not only a public audience when he came out with a new product, but he also had to, now that's how he introduced products to the marketplace. So the ramp up, the kick up of Apple was through presenting. The second thing is he had to present privately to his company. So in order for him to really be successful, he had to convey a message to a large amount of people. If he took the time and, and spoke to every person hour after hour, Apple wouldn't be where it's at today. So what's vital for success of any company or any individual is your ability to present. Wow. Somebody who wants to come in and be a presenter, what's the first thing you tell them to do? So it depends on the aspect. You've got to be clear on the direction that you want to go. So the first thing you got to do is have a game plan. Remember in the beginning of the interview, I said, I said, hey, you got to have a plan either for this week, for the, the end of the month, by the end of the next five years. You got to have some type of game plan. So you got to ask yourself, where is it that you really want to speak? You want to speak in the public domain or the private domain? The private domain is when companies have pay you or have you come and present to their audience in uh, in, a, in a couple of days, I'm speaking to Berkshire Hathaway, which is a large real estate company that's owned by Warren Buffett. So they call me, they say, hey, we want someone like Andy Day, who's young, fresh, hot, and fucking hip and sexy as hell, <laughs> that can present to, their, present to the real estate agents where I'm going to give them strategies on how to market themselves, and I'm going to teach them exactly what I'm teaching your audience here. So I'm going to teach them this. So they're calling me to come and present to their team. That's private. The public domain is when you're presenting to a large group and the people of this group is like a melting pot where they come from different areas and backgrounds in life. And what they did was they purchased in to have access to this training. So Berkshire Hathaway, only people in Berkshire Hathaway can come see me present that day. The public domain is when anyone can come in and see me present. So you got to ask yourself, is it that you want to speak in both private and public, or you want to speak in private only, which is where companies will bring you in, or you want to speak in public only, where anyone can come see you speak? So you start off there. And the next thing that you want to do, if you're completely brand new, you want to build an EPK, an electronic press kit. And you want to build up a portfolio of you speaking in front of audiences, whether it's free, paid, or you have to pay to be on there. You're building that EPK of, of of collateral, marketing collateral of pictures and videos of you speaking on stage showing that, hey, you know what you're doing, as well as receiving testimonials that you are powerful as a presenter. Then you wanna send that to other people who are in the space of putting people on stage like myself and get them to work with you, whether that's hiring you or you, you do a, a joint venture with them, getting you on stage. Now I want presenters to know this, presenting is a business. So I, what I'm teaching you, when I say joint ventures, what I'm teaching you is the actual legitimacy of building a business as a presenter. So many new presenters come in on stage and they say, hey, I wanna be a speaker, I wanna present in front of an audience, I wanna get paid $5,000 to do a keynote. That's not realistic if you're just starting out. The way to do that and get paid if you're just starting out is to create a product and bring that product to the marketplace and use presenting as a way to sell your product. That's good. That's a good way. Cause I feel like, you know, when I first looked into uh, just speaking, cause I was curious as to like what it was like and um, how you would get started. So I, I, I mean, just one of the first books I read was speaking Go rich um, just to get like a basis of what happens. It's crazy. You don't just go out there. You don't just speak. There's so much that goes into it. There's so much on the back end that you need to figure out on the business side in order to actually make it happen. 
Yeah, because your influence is going to remain small if you don't generate income. If you, if you know that, every, look, man, you can get to a point, I'm not even at that point yet, but you can get to a point that you recognize that every word that comes out of my mouth is worth $8.73. Like, <laughs> you can do that. Hey, I, when I speak on stage, every word that comes out of my mouth is $8.73. That right there, that sentence right there just costs you 75 bucks, okay? So you can get to that point, but that's a whole different level of thinking. That's a whole different, like every exclamation point that I put in front of your audience is gonna cost you at least 150 bucks, okay? You can get to that level of thinking of that value. If you don't see the value in yourself, who's gonna see it then? It all comes down, you gotta believe the words you're saying because you can spout anything to anybody, but if you don't believe it yourself, you can't convince yourself, you can't motivate yourself, it's not gonna work on anybody else either. Exactly, believe in yourself. And recognize that you have a story, you, Chase, and your audience, that you have a story that is that people will be moved by. Chase, how old are you, man? 22. 22 years old, man. Even at the age of 22, see, I, start, I had my first seminar was when I was 22. That, that has 22. That's two years ago. So even you, man, you have a story. Although I'm a professional speaker, I get paid to speak. I can't take your story and speak it for you that I recognize that in front of a group of 250 people, that there's a portion of that group, there's a portion of that group that if you got on stage, they'll relate more with your story and be moved with you speaking rather than me. I'm a professional speaker. I speak to audiences, I get paid. You, my friend, whether you're professional or not, they're gonna, they're gonna be, there's a, a percentage that is gonna be moved by a story and they'll be willing to pay you. Hey, I, I love Andy all day. Andy's amazing, but I'd rather come see Chase. The audience member that's listening, like you, the audience member, you listening to this while you're watching this or you're listening to it on your car or wherever you're at, you got to realize that your voice, your story, even if I told your story, there are a group of people that will be moved by your story and be willing to pay you for your access, for access to you. Now, what I train people is just how to grow that percentage. Hey, you can get on stage right now. I'm sure there's going to be a couple people in the audience that's going to say, man, I love your story. I love you. I'll be willing to pay you a thousand bucks right now just to talk to me, just to hang out with me. What I'm going to teach you is how to grow that percentage to make it a sustainable income, as well as how to monetize. What is the actual system that you use on the back end to be able to monetize it? Perfect. And I got, um, I got a question I'd like to ask in the past couple of interviews, and this has been really fun for me. Hopefully, this, you know, not hopefully, I know it's going to be really fun for you. Um, so let's say you're in my shoes, all right? You're conducting the interview, but you are interviewing Andy all day. You are yeah. interviewing yourself. What is something that you would ask Andy all day? What is something that I would ask Andy all day? Man, that's, that's, that's a great question, man. Like, I'm never, I mean, I know everything about Andy all day. <laughs> you know, um, well, I don't, don't know everything about Andy. I, I know a good amount, but there's still a lot about Andy all day that I don't know. What I would ask Andy all day is I would, I would say, Andy, I have a question for you. Over the course of the next five years, what do you want to accomplish? And how can I be a part of that? Because relationships is the biggest thing. So more than just gaining knowledge from Andy, I would want to figure out how can I be a part of what Andy has to offer and pay. Um, there are five different currencies, okay? So your audience and you might want to write this down. There are five different currencies to get whatever it is that you want. I learned this information from hanging around with multimillionaires 
and recognizing that money is actually the last thing that people want. See, see, millionaires, once, once you get around a millionaire, and I've been around billionaires, you know, I was just in the office with a billionaire uh, who's, well, not, his company generates over a billion dollars, and, and, and hanging out around with him, dude, there's no money I can give him. Like, like this dude has so much money in reserve that if I give him an additional $25,000 right now, it's just gonna sit on top of what he already has in reserves. So he don't want money from me because that money won't be used for years and 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 years to come. So why would someone like that be hanging around with me? Because I'm paying him in a different form of currency. So here's the five currencies right here. Currency number one is relationships. Is the most common currency and I mean, no, money's the most common currency, but the relationship is the most expensive currency. The most scarce currency is having a certain relationship. Hey, you know, with a relationship capital, say for example, I have Obama in my phone book, President Obama. If I have Obama in my phone book where I'll call him and he'll pick up the phone, hey, what's up, Andy? And I can, I, and I have an influence over, let's say, Obama, where I can have Obama uh, get on a phone call with somebody or even endorse someone. If I call, if I'm doing a deal with a with with, with a company, for example, if I'm doing a deal with, um, let's say, I'm doing a deal with Warren Buffett, who doesn't have that type of relationship with Obama, but he's looking for for Obama for Obama's endorsement, and I say, and I add in the deal. So, for example, let's say. I'm doing a deal with Warren Buffett that deals for $2 million. We're doing a property deal. And he's, to him, it's pennies, but it's $2 million. And he says, Andy, I don't know about this deal. I mean, I don't think I'm going to move forward with the deal. It's $2 million, but I don't think I'm going to move forward. I say, you know what? I'm going to call Obama. I'm going to have him endorse Berkshire Hathaway. Warren says, let's do the deal. <laughs> That's the way that I'm paying in relationships, okay? That's one strategy that I'm paying in relationships. Number two. You have barter, which is the exchange of product for product or service for service. So say, for example, you say, Andy, I want to get on your stage. Andy, I have 2 million subscribers on my list, and you have an audience of 300 people that are wealthy, and I want to speak on your stage. And I tell you, well, to speak on my stage, is going to cost you $45,000. And you say, Andy, I don't want to pay $45,000. Instead, I'll put you on my podcast that is in front of $2 million. Well, that's an exchange for a service for a service. So that's an even exchange. Hey, we didn't have to exchange money. We exchange service for service. So that's barter. Number three. Number three is the most common currency is money. So obviously it's exchanging for money. We all know how to do that. Changing, exchanging a product or service for a certain dollar amount. Then so what am I at? Number three. Number four is gonna be knowledge. I was at I was at Walgreens, okay? This is how true it is at any level. I was at Walgreens. I had just finished doing a movie with Dame Dash. If anyone knows Dame Dash, Dame Dash is the person who started Rockefeller with Jay-Z back in the early 90s. So I did a movie where I played a cop in Dame's movie. And it was about being black and so on and so forth. So I just got off set and I went to the gross, I went to Walgreens and I'm grabbing some, some munchies. I'm grabbing some like Doritos and, and, and a drink or whatever on my way to my girlfriend's house at the time. And the person said, "Hey, where were you? Where were you? Where, where were you?" I said, "Oh, I was just, I was just in, uh, I was just on set recording a, a movie right now." And he says, "Man, 
I'm black like you, I'm young like you, man, how do I get in the movie? I tell him the five currencies, but I leave the last one to this one I'm about to tell you right now. I leave the last one. And, and so I tell him about money, I tell him about relationship, I tell him about uh, barter, and I tell him the other currencies. So I told him four out of five. He, t he looks at me, he says, what's the fifth one? I need to know the fifth one. And I say, if you wanna know the fifth one, man, you gotta, you gotta give me this, um, here, put, I put a Kit Kat on the bar, uh, on the table. He says, you gotta, I said, you gotta give that for free. He says, man, I work at Walgreens, man, this camera's right here, I can't give it to you for free. I said, if you wanna know it, I ain't gonna pay for it. He says, all right, pulls out his wallet, scans it, puts the $3 into the cash register, and he's like, all right, man, please tell me, what's the fifth one? I said, knowledge. I know something that you didn't know, and you'll be willing to pay for it. And look at you, you just paid for it. And he's like, I did, <laughs> I did. He paid for knowledge and that's, that's one of the currencies, knowledge. So I told you four currencies, right? What did I tell you? Uh, you told me there was relationships, there's money, there's knowledge, and then there's bartering. There's bartering. And the last one is energy. Energy is a, when I worked at Wendy's, they didn't pay me to my time. You see, a lot of people get confused and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm getting paid for my time. Look, no one gives a damn about your time. They care about energy, the energy that you put out. So when I worked at Wendy's, they didn't pay me because I was 16 years old and working at Wendy's. They paid me to flip the fucking burger. So because I was flipping the burger and I was putting my energy, that's what they're paying me for. So you got to pay energy. So one way that I, I built a relationship with Wes Brown and, and, and learned knowledge, knowledge of the speaking business is when I was on tour for Les Brown, I was paying in energy because I was selling tickets. I was selling tickets to Les Brown events. Now I learned because of that, I exchanged my energy. I received knowledge. I received relationships. Okay. And so if you understand this, recognizing that actually money is the last currency that people want. People don't want money. Brother, Chase, you don't want money. What you wanted was the iPhone. But you really recognize that money is going to get you the iPhone. So you got to get that $1,000 to pay for the iPhone. You don't want that $1,000. So if you, if you can do something that's in exchange for the iPhone without skipping money, you'll recognize that you can get anything in the world that you want. So do you really need money? No, not necessarily. But you do need to pay a, a form of currency. That's powerful. I learned something new today. That was powerful. Wow. So, I mean, there's a lot of, they, they, a lot of people think that they have to have money in order to give what they want. While it is a means to an end for a lot of things, it's not necessarily the answer at the end. Exactly. You got to ask yourself, and then once you understand that money's going to come to you in abundance, the resources are going to come to you in abundance, where people are just going to, you're going to give people so much value that this gonna, they're just going to magically wake up with, with a wire transfer. Like, because they're going to feel compelled to give you something that's of equal value. All we do want to do in this world is majority of people want to give equal. Like they want to, whatever they receive from you, they want to give it to you equally or even more. So if, if I give someone so much value and knowledge and experience and relationships, at some point they're just going to say to themselves, like, I got to give Andy something. And I don't think my relationships are going to, is, is worth it. I don't think my energy is worth it. I'll work my ass off and I'll pay him. You know, or I'll, I'll work my ass off and I'll put him in touch with the people that he wants to learn. Uh, no. 
So look, you gotta be able to exchange and you gotta pay. So no matter where where you're getting started in, if you're getting started with a new business, you wanna build a mentor, you wanna get a mentor, you want you gotta pay, either financially or with energy or some other form. Beautiful. That was golden. Andy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This has been absolutely amazing. How can people connect with you slash work with you or whatever? Getting so right now, in contact with you. Yeah, you know, for the people that want to be speakers, you got to recognize that if you really got to be, want to be successful, presenting is a necessity. You must be able to present. You must be able to get in front of an audience. So presenting is a, is a necessity. So I'm working with a few speakers, and I, and I want to add more success students. So for the people that want to be speakers, hey, the way, real way to connect with me is on social media. But, you know, even with motivation or, or just being connected and, and, and building a relationship with me, because as that's one of the currencies, building a relationship with me, the best way to do so is on social media, on Instagram, Andy Audate, A-N-D-Y-A-U-D-A-T-E, Andy Audate. Find me on social media, DM me. Look, I actually put my, my cell phone number out there. So my cell phone number is 323-673-8876. And um, I put my cell phone number out there so people can actually text me. And... Um, and I put that out there for to, to really shorten the gap between the distance of where I am at and the people that I really, truly want to build that relationship. Beautiful. Awesome. Y'all heard it. Go connect with Andy. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Andy, thank you for your time today. And until next time, stay healthy, get wealthy. Chase, thank you so much for having me on the show, brother.